Ron and Anian. The reason they make cars the way they do is because you keep buying them. So if you want to change something, you know what you got to do. The Car Doctor. When you have something like that, you take it back apart and you move, move coil three to one. And that's what everybody does, Gary. I mean, that's not unusual. And I bet what ended up happening was you still had a misfire on cylinder three. Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian, The Car Doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. And now... Now here's something we hope you'll really like. Here's Ronnie. Hey, it's time to start your engines. Hello and welcome. Ronnie Nini and the Car Doctor here at 855-560-9900. Again, 855-560-9900. Take your calls, answer your questions, whatever you've got going on. Whatever is bothering you about your car... This is the place to get the answer, 855-560-9900. It is a 24-7 phone number. You can leave a message. Tom Ray, executive producer, will pick up the phone. And if not, he will pick up the message that you can leave there. There's an answering service provided, and he'll call you back and get you in queue for the next live broadcast. A little bit of a somber note as we kick off this hour of the car doctor, and I'd, I'd like to do this from a very personal perspective because I knew this gentleman. John Statmuller passed away. Not many of you knew John, uh, or perhaps some of you did. Um, he was well-known in, in the New Jersey, New York area. He was the music teacher at Dickinson High School in Jersey City, New Jersey. And um, he recently passed within uh, last month, uh, this month, um, within the last month, um, uh, after suffering for a good five, six years um, on kidney dialysis. And it was a tough road for John. Um, many, a, many a morning... He would come in from kidney dialysis and sit in the shop and get his oil changed. And, uh, you know, we changed his oil and talked to John. And John, John, there's two things John loved. John loved people and John loved cars. He was just that kind of guy. You know, he was, he was 61 years old, I believe. He was just a, a little bit younger than me. And I still remember the day five years ago when he said, we were talking about something about the car that he owned at the time. And he said, well, when I get the next car, and I said, what's the next car, John? Well, I'm saving my money to buy a Mustang. John, you're 56 years old at this point. He really wasn't that sick then. And I'm very happy to say I, I was the one that convinced him, John, what are you waiting for? Go buy your seventh Mustang. This guy was a Mustang nut, right? And, uh, John, just go buy your next Mustang. Like, get this over with. Like, you know, there's no guarantees tomorrow is here, right? Enjoy it. He went out and he bought his Mustang, and he went out driving that Mustang. So John passed. And his wife Janet called me up. And he, big, he was a big Car Doctor fan. She, he used to drive her nuts. I can only imagine playing the, you know, the, the live show and the podcast around the clock and just, you know, got to listen to the Car Doctor. And, you know, this is what the Car Doctor said. And, you know, that was John, right? But you could also go to him, you know, he'd, he'd sit in the shop and I'd go, John, what's this song? And you, you'd whistle three bars of, da, 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 da. oh, that was John Philip Sousa, you know, 1916 or whatever it was. And he'd give you the who, and who played first trombone and all that. He was just a big music guy, right? So Janet calls me up. John passes. Janet calls me up. And, and I've got a point here, so just be patient. Give me a second. And she says, you know, John had a matchbox collection of little cars. So I said, yeah. And she said, you know, she says, I really don't know what to do with it. And I said, you know, Janet, I said, 
they're worth money. I mean, little matchbox cars, I can only imagine, you know, how old they are if John's been collecting them a long time because John collected matchboxes for a long time. And I said, why don't you put them on eBay? No, I don't have the time, and I really don't need the money, and, you know, I don't think that's what John would want me to do with it. Well, what, you know, what am I going to She said, can you do something with it? All right, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. All right, I'm thinking there's 25 cars, you know. How big of a matchbox collection could the guy have? He's 61 years old, right? It's not like he's got time to do this. I don't have time to build a matchbox collection. I only have time to work on the hot rod. So I said, every little boy and girl that comes into the shop for as long as they last, what could it be, a month, Mikey, right? I'll give, I'll give each little kid a car. And John would like that because John was a car person. John, and he was a kid person. He was a school teacher, you know, band, high school band, 30 years, Jersey City. So I said, all right, every kid that comes into the shop, I'll give away, you know, we'll let the kid pick it. I like this one, the red one, whatever. Okay. Janet says, great. I said, you know, drop it off whenever you get a chance. Monday, this past week, God, <laughs> she backs up to the door of Bay 3. I'm going, why is she backing up to the door? Like, how many can there be? Like, what are we doing? Seven boxes of match, and I mean, not little, big boxes, you know, you know, 18 by 36 by, by, by two foot moving boxes with, and I mean, packed to the brim with, Itchy, pitchy cars, and you know, wrapping. Every everyone was wrapped, which is the sad part, right? Every one of those cars was wrapped because John put them away. Because I'm going to play with them someday, and I'm going to use them someday, and I'm going to put them out someday, and someday never came for John. And we unwrapped every one of them. It took us almost three hours. We worked on it for three days at lunch. Danny and I and Carpenter Bob chimed in, and we're all look, and you know. The little kid in us came out. Oh, look at this. A 67 GTO, a 69 GTO judge, a 70 Plymouth Hemi Roadrunner. Look at this. How cool is all this, right? We've got stacks of cars. We got no work done on Monday. I mean, it was just, you know, which car was faster and what do you remember from your childhood and, you know. Just, just, just amazing. We wrapped up some. We've, we've handed out a bunch we brought some over to the local doctor's office. They're going to give it out to the kids instead of lollipops. I explained the whole story to them. And, um, you know, we're going to make it work. And the, the point of all this becomes, you know, there is no tomorrow. And understand what cars are. If you've got a car that you want, if you've got a car that you're itching to get and you're just waiting for that moment, that moment's now, brother, if you can afford it, you know? I remember the last time I saw John, and I don't know it was the last time, but I remember him telling me how grateful he was that I talked him into buying his car because he's had five years in it, and he hoped to get another five. You know, driving that Mustang, that last Mustang that he really loved, and this guy loved Mustangs. I got to tell you, in the Matchbox collection, he had every Mustang made since 1964, okay? Just about every color, fastback, sedans, um, some, some um, what you call it, experimental Mustang models. If Mustang made it, he had it, all right? Then he also had, then he had, so he had Matchbox, the little ones. Then he had the 132nd scale. Then he had the 124th scale. Then, you know, there was Franklin Mint cars in there, all right? Franklin Mint are like the detailed models of, of, of what it's all about. I mean, just, just incredible stuff. Never got to see any of it, right? He never played with any of them. So we're handing them out, like I said. And the point becomes, enjoy your today. And you have to see it, right? You come by the shop, 
like somebody will pick up a car this week, and we didn't have we didn't have any kids this week, right? Because that naturally that's what happens, right? You have all these cars to give out the kids. You don't see you don't see a lot of kids, but you give them out to the parents. You have to see the fathers. You know, one guy yesterday was picking up his him and his son were picking up their 2000 Nissan Frontier, the, the kids' car. Hey, Rick, uh, what was your car in high school? Oh, I had this really great Camaro that I just. I said, he says, why? And I said to the kid, I said, what do you like? He says, geez, I don't know. I, I, you know, and I looked at him and I thought about it. I went to the club because I have entire, I have it divided. You know, I have like the muscle car section. I have the NASCAR section. I have the really old car section. I got cars of the 50s. You know, I got car stars of the 60s and 70s, cars that nearly made it. I've got an AMC Javelin, okay, and an AMX Matchbox. I've never seen that. All right. If if they made it, he's got it. John had it in the collection. So the one guy got a '67 Chevelle SS big block, and the other and the other one got his '68 Camaro that he had in high school. And you have to see people react. And this is how I know how much cars m- meant to us at one point in in the American culture. You had to see Rick, the father's eyes light up when he saw. I had the exact color combination matchbox, right, of the car he drove in high school. He's like, oh, my God. It's like they shrunk it. Oh, look at this. And he's telling us, oh, look, and this, you know, and, and, and your mother used to sit here. And, you know, I'm like, okay, um, just, just, just great stuff. We dedicate this hour to the car doctor. We dedicate this 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 show, the next two hours, to JS John Statmuller. You know, they say that radio waves go on forever, right? They 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 say it goes out into the atmosphere, and you know, as it reaches the heavens and above, it's just it's. So I, I imagine there's 27 years, 28 years of the car doctor somewhere out there, circling the universe. And uh, if John's up there, and I know he's up there, and he can probably hear this already, he gets it on instant replay. Um, let him know we're thinking of him, and uh, we appreciate his cars, we appreciate his collection, and uh, we miss him. To a great car guy, J.S., this is for you. I'm Ron Anany and the Car Doctor. When we come back, we're going to open the garage doors. Don't go away. Whether it's a little red Corvette or a Yugo, you've come to the right place to get that car fixed. Ron and Amy and the Car Doctor, 855-560-9900. Now, back to Ron. And there were no Yugos in John Statmuller's collection either. It was really amazing. Um, it did have a six-passenger Disney, you know, the travel bus that you ride in down at Disneyland. Uh, when you're when you're at Disney. It had the six-passenger really? little, yeah, it's, I mean, he had all these weird little things. Had a little red Volkswagen. Um, Russell's getting, don't, don't tell Russell. I sent, I'm sending that to my buddy Russell in North Carolina. Oh, he listens to the show. Uh-oh. Um, well, he might as well know. I found a Volkswagen, which he drove in high school. I also found the exact copy of the 69 SS 396 Chevelle he drove in high school, which was jinx. That's why he had to drive the Volkswagen. Uh, we figured that was the punishment. And um, he's also getting a Franklin Mint Boss 429 because uh, he's the boss as far as I'm concerned. So, But just, just, just an unbelievable collection. Take them out, enjoy, and play with them. That's life's too short, and uh, you know, in, in, enjoy what you got while you got. Let's kick the garage doors open. Let's go over to Peter in Texas. Some questions about car purchase. Peter, welcome to the Car Doctor. How can I help? Good morning. Uh, good afternoon. I'm sorry. I'm 83, and I'm looking for a car. Okay. Which has got like, a lot of safety features as a standard thing. Right. And which has a reliable safety features, so it doesn't go bad. It's expensive. So I have four, three cars in a in a. In consideration, one is a Tucson by Hyundai, right. Rogue by Nissan, and Toyota CRV4, which has a reliable uh, sensors for the safety features. Um, I think they're all fairly equal. 
I think the biggest thing when I look at, when I start thinking of safety in a car, what to me what contributes the most to safety in a car is what do you feel the most comfortable in? They're all good cars. Everything you, everything you recited to me, good vehicles, reasonable mechanical repairs, reasonable mechanical endurance. I'd probably say the Hyundai and the Toyota are neck and neck with Nissan, a very close third. And I'll throw one more vehicle into the mix in that category as a Ford Escape. I would, I would, I would, yeah, I would absolutely, I would absolutely go look at an escape. And one of the reasons for that, out of the, out of the four cars we're talking about, Toyota and Ford make it the easiest for an independent repair shop to get service information and scan tool technology. And, 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 and that's, that's really kind of important. If you were to buy any one of these four, Peter, who would work on it, the dealer, or do you have an independent mechanic that you trust? Uh, no, independent mechanic. Right after warranty. After right warranty. after warranty. So you you know you'd you'd have to go and talk to them. Talk to your independent. Ask him what is his shop geared towards. And you know the the issue is everybody says well he's got a scan tool then it must be that he can work on anything. And that's not really true. Some scan tools are better at certain car lines than others. A lot of independent repair shops, the ones that are really staying on top of their game, are accelerating. They're actually spending the money and, and making business models and coming up with, you know, they're buying the OE dealer-level scan tool for Toyota. They're buying the OE-level scan tool for Ford and so on. The problem is Hyundai and Nissan make it very expensive, almost Almost to the point, I'll say Nissan prices it out of reach because Nissan wants to, they're borderline proprietary in my mind. Um, it's a very expensive scan tool to purchase. It's a very expensive Ooh. scan tool to maintain. So whereas whereas you can go purchase a Ford, Ford's latest scan tool, IDS2, a VCM2, I believe it is, uh, probably in the twelve to $1,500 range for the tool, and then the software update is eight 900 bucks a year. For a repair shop, that's an affordable commodity. That's something they can afford. Whereas the last time I looked at Nissan and the last time I had the discussion with somebody, it was well over $6,000 for the Nissan factory Ooh. scan tool. Right. And then and then the software subscription can be 1500 to $2,000 a year. That's a lot of Nissans, brother. And, you know, you've got you've to justify that. So, uh, you know, part of my conversation, whenever I talk to anybody about what should I buy in, in, as far as a car, you got to do two things. You have to, what are you comfortable in? And you've got to drive that new car at least twice, my opinion. You got you, you to drive it once during the day, and you got to drive it once at night. Because cars change, there's, a, there's an ambiance, there's an energy change and a shift between a car between day and night. I it's, it's You know, think about it, right? Even in your current car, you know where everything is in your current car because you're familiar with it. All right, but you know, in the daytime, you can see things. Your body and mind are reacting. You can see the radio. You can see the heater controls, the windshield wiper position knob, the door handles, and so on. It's visual. In the dark, yeah. in the dark, are you fumbling for anything? Is something not well designed or well lit or accessible that, you know, it's you can't always count on muscle memory to find controls inside of a dark car. You want them accessible. You want to be able to that, you know, you're comfortable with it. And then also, what can you see in the dark in terms of if you turn your head left, right, look in the back, look to the side, do you have that same ability of vision? Or is all of a sudden that rearview mirror that works so well in the daytime, is it too small in the nighttime? And, you know, gee whiz, I'm sorry I bought this. 
better to be safe than sorry. Drive, drive a new car at least twice. And remember this, new cars are like dating. All right, you don't fall you don't fall in love with the first one because the last car is kind of worn and beat up and it's probably got miles on it and you're looking for something, you know, it's 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 all of a sudden every everything looks great and it doesn't necessarily work that way. Um, you got to take your time and go through it. Don't rush into buying a car unless you're absolutely certain of what it is that you like. All right, sir? Okay. So, what you saying Ford is not necessarily bad just because American product. Oh, I Listen, in, in, in the Ananian household right now, there are uh, three Ford products, two Escapes, one Explorer, a brand, uh, you know, fairly new, uh, a one-year-old Chevy 2500 one-ton plow truck, a, let's see, a 2004 Suburban with almost, it's almost got 70,000 miles on it now. I'm really rolling the miles now, um, right? Looks like the day it rolled out of the showroom because I take care of a car. I've got a 97 Ford Ranger with 217,000 miles on it. Um, you know what? There's no, oh, the only the only non-domestic vehicle in the family is the one-daughter unit has a Toyota uh, 4Runner. Um, and she just happened to like the options, the bells and whistles, but she drove everything else. And, you know, that's what she decided. So one out of seven, I guess it is that, uh, you know, so it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be a, a quote unquote foreign car for it to have good quality. I think the domestics are making some real good stuff. I think Ford and GM have some real good product out there. And, um, you know, we've got to recognize that. And I think Ford's probably got the advantage over GM right now as far as what makes a good car and what doesn't. Good, good. I appreciate your your wonderful information. Thank you. I saw some of the things you mentioned. We never thought of. You're very welcome, sir. You take good Thank care. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Bye-bye. Very welcome. Yeah, I. You know, it's you got to be comfortable in the car, and then just as important. And I I didn't mention this to Peter, but just as important, um, that line, that product line, uh, you know. The dealership, who's going to service it? What's their service rating? Look on Yelp, look on Google, look at the reviews. You know, how is it set up? And remember, sometimes the dealership with the super fancy waiting area and the marbled floors and the the, the hot toddy machine and everything else, I don't know if you want that because somebody's paying for that, usually you, the consumer. You want to go to the place that's reasonable and moderate, and as long as they do the job, be honest, clean, and quality. That's what I think you're looking for. I'm Ron and in the Car Doctor. We're coming back right after this. Don't go away. the car doctor cruising along at 855-560-9900 let's go over and talk to chris in maine chris welcome to the car doctor sir how can i help how are you doing today good uh well i'm having an issue with a 03 pt cruiser uh it seems to be going into limp mode when it gets very hot outside okay uh, i changed out pretty much the entire ignition system spark plugs spark plug wires multiple times the ignition coil, camshaft positioning sensor multiple times, the knock sensor. Um, and I, I changed all that stuff because of the codes that they were throwing. It was throwing the camshaft positioning sensor code. P0, uh, P0, P0, P0344, Chris? Yeah. Okay. Um, any, any, uh, any crank sensor fault codes? Yes. Okay. And, and ignition misfire faults, or is it strictly cam and crank? Uh, the ignition coil, too. Okay, it's 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 through a fault code for the for the ignition coil. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, uh, and I, which I changed that out twice, also. Okay, and I mean, any testing done prior to parts replacement? Uh, uh, what do you mean? Which? Well, did you testing? did you test anything, or if it had a code for it, you just change you just changed the component? Uh, no, no, I I, cha- I tested the ignition coil uh, tw- uh, one, once before I changed it, um, and after I, after I replaced it. It threw the code again, and I just replaced it. Okay. Okay. Um, what sort of test did you do to the coil? Primary resistance test? Yes. Was it was the problem there at the moment when you were testing the coil? No. Okay. Is the, co- is the problem affected by temperature at all? Yeah. When it gets extremely hot outside, okay. it goes right into lint mode. But if it's cold, like all winter long, it barely had the issue. Right. Um and now that summer's here, it's just all continuous. the time, right? Yeah. And when when you say limp mode, you're saying that it, it loses power, it starts to shut down, it stalls. What exactly does it do? Well, it it, it does the um, the mill light. It blinks a couple of times, and then it stays on continuously. Okay. And you you get it up to it, you really have to rev it to get it to switch gears. Okay. Does it shift gears? Will it go through all the gears? Or is it in second gear all the time? Oh no, it will go into the rest of the gears. Okay. You, just, you really have to you really have to tack it to get it to shift gears. Okay, so it's not transmission limp mode; it's clearly engine limp mode. You know, I I was starting to think it was transmission because there was a small leak in the trans fan. Right. Um, but like I said, it's it's going through all the gears. You just really have to tack it to get okay. it there. Do you have all the old parts, Chris? Uh, yes. You know, like like cam and crank and 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 the ignition coil, the original ignition yep. coil. Yeah. Um, w- what I would tell you to do is, since you haven't gotten anywhere, is I would tell you to put all the parts back in it first. Okay. All right. Let's 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 bring it back to zero. Spark plugs, I don't care about. Wires, I don't care about. Uh, right. That that doesn't bother me. But let's let's baseline it and bring it back to original components. The one thing you can keep in mind, for example, if if you want to test that coil, if you think it's the coil, um, you know. Put, why don't you take the coil before you put it back in, just for giggles, and put it in an oven, heat it up, turn the okay. t- turn the oven on to I don't know one twenty, one thirty, one forty. Where do ovens start? I think ovens start at one seventy, so you have to be careful. Uh, you know, but if you if you could get you know heat the coil up a little bit, get it warm, and then real quick slide it out. Have your meter handy. Have the have the test leads all set up. You could just plug your meter in. Uh, just be careful. Okay. Just be careful your leads don't melt. Uh, yeah. you, you realize what we're trying to do, and see does yeah. does the resistance value change? I don't think it will because the problem hasn't gone away with a replacement coil. And okay. you know, I'm not going to. Well, I will ask you actually. Where'd you get the parts from? Decent quality stuff. Uh, yeah, but that was that was something I was concerned about because you know I've gone. Uh, we've it was it's my sister's car, and we've gone on so many different forums and see that a, a certain amount of these. These O three PT cruisers have the same issue, right. and it doesn't seem like anyone can find the problem. And I was starting to think that maybe that these aftermarket parts were just not up to specs for the the computer, and it's just it's reading bad because it, it seems to be like the camshaft positioning sensor is like the big issue with a lot of these. Right, and 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 I would venture to guess the cam sensor, the P zero three forty four, is the one you're seeing the most of. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
Well, a couple of things come to mind, and I, I think I know the answer to the first question, but I'm going to ask it. Do you own an ignition or an engine oscilloscope? Do you have the ability to scope the cam sensor and look at the signal? I don't. That's the only thing that I I haven't been able to try. Okay. So, so. So, so let's work backwards before you get to that point, all right? Number one, I want you to get your hands on a wiring diagram and look okay. at all the engine compartment grounds for that engine compartment wiring harness. Okay. They're known to get dirty, twisted, greasy, yeah. loose, and so on. The wiring harness itself that comes into the cam sensor, just inspect it closely. It has that plastic, that black plastic convolute tubing on it, right? Yeah. If you peel that away gently, does it look like any part of the harness is uh, starting to melt? Does it look like it's starting to degrade and fall down? you got to realize, you know, and I'm yeah. sure you do, these cars are 14 years old now. Oh, yeah. So, you know, what does the wiring harness look like? That's very important. If you were able to gently, keyword gently, manipulate the wiring harness in that area of the cam sensor with the engine running, you know, obviously keeping your hands away from any moving parts, does yeah. the car buck, shake, miss, you know, start to stutter? Can you get a reaction by gently, you know, pretend you're giving somebody a massage, nice and easy, you know, twisting the harness around and, uh, you know, because if you yank on it, I guarantee you'll get the car to stall, but that's not what we're trying to do. We're trying to, yeah. you know, duplicate something easy, okay? Last, all right. all right, and I saved the best for last. What I've seen and what nobody seems to look at is everybody changes the cam sensor, but nobody yep. stops to think about what triggers it. Have you looked at the timing belt at all? No, I did not. Okay. If the timing belt is not tensioned properly, all right, if it's loose, if it's flopping around, you know, okay. that, that, that could do off. Yeah, it could throw the cam off, and that sets off okay. the whole chain of events. Is it the original timing belt in the car? Yes. How many miles are on the car? Uh, less than 100,000. Okay. Well, it was, it's, it's, it's probably due at 105 or 90. The, the problem becomes it's also due in seven years. <laughs> So, oh, okay. So, oops. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, six to eight years on a timing belt is a good rule of thumb for a time frame. You know, it's just like tires, right? Tires dry rot over yeah. time. So, you know, why wouldn't we change the timing belt? So you may want to consider doing that. If you do okay. do that, you want to do some research to see. I don't think in 03 it's applicable. I think it was 01s and some of the early 02s. But some of these cars, you replaced the rear plastic timing cover the cover warped and it didn't seal correctly and you ended yep. up so when you buy your timing belt kit you know as a matter of fact what you could do is get, get out online you, you've got online right everybody does what am i asking oh, of course and you know get out to oreillyauto.com look up a timing belt kit for the 03 pt okay. cruiser and you'll see because they give you a real nice parts breakdown and they'll show you all the components that are in there if you can i'm betting if if it's not there you can inquire I've seen that aftermarket companies are making the covers, the plastic covers, because I don't even know if Chrysler has them anymore, which is yeah. which, which is the second problem. So, you know, get out to O'ReillyAuto.com. <laughs> you'll see it there. Last, all right, and I save the best for last like I always do. When you pull the cam sensor out, okay, bring it around to the trigger magnet, right? There's a magnet sitting on that cam sprocket. Yeah. And here's the clue. Nobody ever, nobody knows this. I'm only going to tell you, Okay. See if, right. the, see if the magnet's cracked. Bingo. Yeah, I didn't check that either. Bingo. All right. If the magnet's right. got a hairline crack in it, I don't see it often, but I see it. If the magnet's okay. cracked, 
See ya. <laughs> All yeah, right. It won't, it, it won't read right. It won't okay. read right, and it's usually affected by heat. All right, kiddo, you got some homework to do. I got to go. They're up, I'm up against the clock. Do all that. All if right. you want to hear this again, get out to the cardoctorshow.com webpage. You can pick up podcast first hour about three-quarters of the way around. You can listen to the whole conversation again. You take good care, and uh, let me know if you need anything else. Chris, I'm running Aiding the Car Doctor. We're back right after this. Welcome back. the Car Doctor. Rolling along. Let's get out to Frank in New Jersey. Frank, welcome to the Car Doctor, sir. How can I help? Hi, Ron. Yes, sir. Uh, I have a 2018 Mini Countryman okay. with run-flat tires. Oh, boy. And yesterday I had, had a very interesting experience where I was getting a flat. The alarm came on. I started work, you know, watching the pressure drop, so I said, let's go to the tire store. So I get to this tire store with about 15 pounds of air left in the tire, walk into the tire store and they said, oh, that has a run flat. It can't be fixed. Pay us $325 and we'll replace the tire. And there's the your, new normal. And, and there's your sign. Yes, it does. It is. And it will be. Yeah. I mean, isn't that amazing? Um, it's, and, and they base it on the fact because minis don't have a great trunk, do they? The trunk's not too big. Uh, yeah, there's no jack. Right. There's no, no. There's no room. That's the problem. Yeah. And, and, you know, and you're, we're seeing a lot of cars like this. The one, that, the one that makes insane for me is Toyota Sienna's minivans. In order to make it a, what is it, I think it's a seven-passenger vehicle so that they have the back seat, they put run flats on them. So mm-hmm. not, that it's, not that it's any worse for you and your mini, but imagine the family of five cruising along the interstate, and they get a flat, and the tire gets ripped up, the sidewall's demolished, and there's no spare. And you're in, you're in the middle of East yeah. Jabib and South Jabib, and uh, you know there's no place in Jabib in between. And then what do you do? And it's Sunday, uh, you know you're not changing that on the side of the road, and it's it's a problem. I think run flats are silly. I really do. I I don't get it. And 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 that's normal price. Listen, put a set of run flats on a Toyota Sienna. I can tell you from experience, it's every bit of fourteen hundred dollars by the time you're done. It's it's crazy. Yeah. It's it's yeah and. Go ahead. The thing that was interesting about it, you mentioned about availability. So, you know, he looks at me and it's a Firestone tire and a fire and it's a Firestone where I went. He's like, uh, I hate to tell you this, but I know for a fact that that tire is on national back order. I don't think I can get it. Right. So, so after about 10 minutes of looking and he had me call the dealer, the dealer doesn't have it. Uh, he was able to find one and finally it came in today. But you're right. If I were on, an, on the interstate, I would be out of luck. Right. I don't know what I would have done. Well, then, you, then you, you either buy four of a different brand. You get to replace all four tires. Hooray. Or you buy one of something, anything that will fit the car just to get it home. And then when you get home, you get to throw out the new tire you bought and buy something else. <laughs> right. it's, it's, are, it's, are it's, they designed in such a way that they, it's impossible to repair them? Yeah, you can't. You're not, you're not allowed to repair run flats. It's just, it's just the way they're made. Uh, there's, a, there's definitely taboo on the industry. There's no one fixing run flats. There's no acceptance of fixing run flats. And I can't help but think, and I'm an old car guy, right? Look in the trunk of a 69Z28 Camaro. You had that little tiny space saver, that little tiny space saver spare, right. but it still had a jack, and you had room for two or three suitcases. 
and it was a 69 Z28. Now, what's more fun to drive, a Mini Cooper or a Z28? I mean, let's weigh this out. Uh, maybe we need to really petition the car companies to bring back more fun automobiles. That's kind of what I'm thinking, uh, because yeah, it it just yeah. it just it just makes no sense. And as a father and a husband, if I ever had to send you know the wife and the kids out on a trip and I wasn't there and they've got no spare, you know. There's a certain amount of comfort knowing at least there's a spare tire in the trunk of the vehicle. And this is what the car companies are doing, and they've been doing it for a lot of years, and now they're doing it uh, primarily. It started out doing run-flats as a cost-saving measure because – I'll tell you the story this way. Do you know where run-flats came from, Frank? No. The way I heard the story is in Germany, outside the BMW factory – the thieves, this is probably 20 years ago, the thieves would wait for the latest experimental BMW to come out the doors of, of, of Bavaria land, and they would throw beds of nails out on the road, and the guy would get a flat and jump out of the car and go, gee, I got a flat. He'd go to get help, or he'd call on his cell phone, and while he was talking to somebody at the back of the car on his cell phone, hey, I got a flat, come get me, somebody would jump in the car hiding in the bushes and take off in the car, and they just stole a $100,000 experimental BMW. BMW said, we can't have this. So BMW started run flats. And that's, to my knowledge, and I've heard this story and I've, I've read about it, that's, that's where it came from. And I don't get it because now it's beyond cost savings. Now it's space savings. Now it opened up the door where they can make vehicles smaller, meet emission standards. It has a major impact getting rid of a spare. But the problem is I think you're unsafe yep. in the car without a spare. Look at you. And they don't seem to yep. care. So I'm sorry, brother. You know, got to buy a 69Z28. Go home tonight, tell your wife you want a blue, blue white top 69Z28, 302. At least it's got a space saver. All right? I'll do that. Thank okay. you. You're very welcome. You take good care. 855-560-9900. The Car Doctor and crew will be back right after this. Welcome back. We're on the name of the car doctor, 855-560-9900. No more calls this hour, but keep that number handy if you need it the next hour or if you need it during the course of the week, 855-560-9900. Leave a message. Tom will call you back. Executive producer Tom Ray will call you back and hook you up for the next live broadcast. Um, interesting, right? We're talking about car companies and their defects and what goes right, what goes wrong. Um, August 2017, I realize it's almost two years old now. It's been, it's been in my conversation pile for the show for almost two years. Import Car Magazine. Technical Service Bulletin Watch, Top 10 Fixes for Popular Volkswagen Models. And the article starts off with, over the past 12 months, Volkswagen has issued more than 100 TSBs covering everything from sunroof leaks to new oil specifications. You know, I've never seen one of these for Ford, GM, Toyota, Honda, Chrysler, only Volkswagen. And it was interesting. I read all of them. And, and some of them, you know, yeah, I knew about most, I won't say most, but some. And um, it was interesting. I, I didn't see any that said the way to fix this one car is with a gallon of gas and a match. And I guess, I guess that's not what they're up to. It's, uh, um, but I, I'm, just, I'm just stunned that they've got this many problems uh, with Volkswagens. And you look at some of it, and it's such, so very specific. They changed their fluid specifications. They changed their, uh, they changed the way they want you to put oil in the car. They talk about issues with cooling fans. For a company that's supposed to be so well engineered, how do you bring a product to a major market and then you issue so many bulletins to fix them that, ah, you know what, I promised everybody I wouldn't pick on Volkswagens, and I don't have to. Because Volkswagen makes it so easy, they pick on themselves. They, you know, 
by virtue of getting up in the morning, you know they're in trouble. It's a Volkswagen. Um, what could actually go wrong? Well, nothing else can go wrong for us this hour because this hour of The Car Doctor is over, and I've enjoyed being with you. I appreciate the time you take to spend with us, and we get to spend time with you. Until the next time, I'm Ron Anini, The Car Doctor. Good mechanics aren't expensive. They're priceless. See you. 